Let's talk about that speech with Claire and Rachel. Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Let's Talk About Speech podcast. I'm Rachel. And I'm Claire. And we're back for another episode. We've been on a break for a little bit, but it feels very good to be back. It does. And today I'm really excited. Well, both of Rachel and I are really excited because we are going to be talking a little bit about some of um, the specialty areas in the field of speech pathology, um, how you can gain access to some of the specialty areas and just some information that you guys might not know is out there because I know I didn't, especially when I was in grad school and like just entering the field. So um, newer grads and grad students definitely listen up and any SLPs out there looking to gain more education in specific areas. Um, we're just going to kind of share some of our experiences and especially some of my experiences that I've had lately. Um, I think a big thing we want to talk about first, though, is the special interest groups. And we've had actually a show on special interest group, right? Three yeah, two. we have. It was a while ago. I know. I'm trying um, to remember what it was even called. It might honestly be called special interest group. Yeah, something it, like that. We had Amanda yes. who is on Instagram as the Black Speechy yes. on, and she talked about um SIGs or mm. special interest groups then and I remember when we had her on like though that was not even on my radar me neither at the and time. that was only like two years ago and yeah. we're still and I was listening to her and I was like oh my yeah. god I should know about this I should look <laughs> into this I should what <laughs> I know um so for those of you that don't know Asha has kind of like little subset groups or special interest groups that like you know under their umbrella where you can really join a community of people that truly specialize in what they do. And I know, I'm pretty sure when we had Amanda on to talk about this, however many years ago, I, there were not nearly as many as there are now. I think there was like maybe 13 ish when she was on. Don't quote me on that, but now they're up to 20. So there are 20 little subsets within, um, you know, all of speech pathology. And I specifically belong to two. So I'm in, oh, I never know the numbers. SIG one for sure, which is language and learning kind of like education-ish. And then I'm in the AAC one also. Yeah. And I'm in the fluency one, which is I okay. think four. I, I don't know. I'm like, should I know the, the numbers? Number is that- right. <laughs> well, and then there's a new one that I I was going to join it when I renewed this year, but it hadn't started up yet. So SIG 20 just started. It's the counseling. Oh, counseling. Yeah. Yeah. And they, I remember when I was renewing, it was like coming soon, but I didn't want to join one that wasn't already in existence yet. So I need to go back in there because I know it exists now. And that is such a cool one because we always talk about how we need to talk about counseling more and how we need more information on that. So what a great group to talk with your colleagues about, you know, what, what they're doing as far as counseling and research yeah. that they have, but it's awesome. I love being a part of it, Rachel. I don't know about you, but I get like the, um, the email notifications when somebody posts like a question or posts a research yes. or whatever. And it's amazing. There's such good conversations that happen. I, um, I love being able to go back to the discussion board and like search for topics because there's always things that I'm looking for or like questions that I have that maybe somebody else has asked in the past. Yeah, People really openly share 
great resources. Um, and especially in the fluency group lately, there's been a lot of um, opportunities for research. So some of the uh, researchers in the field that are yes. asking for participants. So some of my clients, especially have like pushed towards that because mm -hmm. it's a growing area and there's a lot of research happening. So I love being able to be a part of that piece. Yeah. So two things that I love that you mentioned. One was you talked about like how to join the SIG, mm -hmm. which if you're not in one, you can always add it on to when you pay your dues at the end of the year, which side note, I hate that it's due New Year's Eve. I think this is like the 18th <laughs> time I brought it up on the podcast, but know, right? <laughs> yeah, regardless, um, you can join then. And then I just went on Ash's website. It looks like you can join anytime. I don't know if they like prorate it right because you didn't have the whole year oh, right. or whatever mm -hmm. but those are the two ways that you can join and shoot there's something else oh you were talking about like the threads of conversation mm -hmm. so one thing I feel like I see a lot in my two that I'm in is it's the perfect area to like pull or kind of like I don't know test the waters or see what's going on in that specific area. So like if I have an AAC question, right? Like I'm struggling with, I don't know, P2G on someone's device and I need this certain subset of vocabulary and whatever, go to those groups. Those people know everything, right? Because that's their interest. That's why they're in the group. They have the answers, they have the experience. And I guarantee you, you can find the answer versus like, I don't know, scouring the internet or hours. Asking. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. totally. Yeah. I, I so agree. I think it's so much about like working smarter, not working harder. Like lately, especially I'm like, if I can find someone who knows this and can help me with it, yes. that's the easiest form because we just don't have time to be digging for hours and hours on that kind of thing. So for sure. Um, yeah. So anybody who has any questions about those, let us know, but we highly recommend that you at least join one or two, especially if you're trying to be specialized in a certain area, mm -hmm. um, which, so that's kind of our next topic is specialization in certain areas. And it's really interesting because there's actually only certifications for four areas in the field of speech pathology. And one of those is actually audiology. So technically only three. Um, so there's fluency um, and then there's child language. And then, oh my gosh, I, oh, swallowing. swallowing. <laughs> I had it in my head and then <laughs> swallowing. So that makes sense, right? Because three of those are major areas that- yeah totally can have a certification and can, you can have a whole caseload just on those certain things. However, I think it's crazy that there's not certifications in like AAC, for example, Rachel, like, yeah, so or something. Here's else. the thing. I feel like there, ha there has to be like some sort of distinction and which I know you're going to talk about like the whole process that you've gone through, mm -hmm. because I have specifically looked into a couple certificate programs through like I know Bowling Green done does mm -hmm. one for assistive technology so like you can take that and yeah. get a certificate but you're it's like it's not recognized why doesn't so that count that that's what I that's why I'm confused so if anyone knows me yeah it help us. <laughs> but it's when you look on ASHA I think ASHA only so like ASHA recognizes these like boards and so I, I think see. it's like these boards that there's so only board certified yes. whatever yes but then like Right. Maybe, maybe the answer then is we're problem solving this in real time, guys. Maybe the answer is more so about the fact that 
um, areas like AAC and CAS, for example, are like the two big ones that I'm thinking of that should have board certifications. Maybe those types of areas though are so large that they almost have like these little subsets. So like if you are getting certified in AAC, you're getting certified in certain programs or certain mm -hmm. methods or whatever it may be. Um, and same, same thing with apraxia, though. I don't know, like, I don't think there's like a DTTC yeah. certification or anything like that. I, I can't even think of anything for apraxia that it would be, but I'm just thinking out loud here. I know we're trying, yeah, we're trying to work through it. Understand. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I do agree in that right? Because how there's, we just said there's 20 right. special interest groups, right. but you can only be board certified in four things, which I get not yeah. necessarily all of those SIGs yeah. would like directly, right? Cause there's a SIG right. just for school related issues. Like that's not something you can whatever specialize. So, right. okay. Well, Talk to us about the whole process that you yeah, got. Yeah. Well, and I wanted to say too, like, I, I don't want anyone to feel like just because they're not board certified or they don't have a certificate of something that they don't specialize in an True. area. I fully, like I did this before I started. So, okay, let me back up. I'm starting the board certification process for fluency. And even before I, have gotten this far, I would say that I considered myself specializing in fluency. I think I usually worded it to people as I have a special area of interest in fluency. So as to not confuse people and make them think I have this like special. Okay. Area. That's fair. I but, like that. But I did still feel more confident in that area than I think in most areas of the field, like that, that's my thing. Like, I love it. I've done a lot of research in it. Um, so I felt confident in it. So I think it's still fair to say you have a special area of interest without like having these things. Um, but I do think that becoming board certified or getting a certificate in something does open doors for you. And I think it connects you with people. And I think, especially if you're like long game is to see those types of clients um, mm -hmm. full time, which is kind of me looking into the future for myself. Like I, I have a university job right now. I'm a, I'm a clinical supervisor there, but then I have my private practice on the side. Rachel, you're probably in the same boat as me in mm -hmm. the fact that like long term, like end game would yeah. ultimately of course be to own my own private practice full time, especially when I have kids and sure. it gets crazier. Like I would love for that to be a thing, um, way long term. Like I'm, I'm talking like 10 year plan. I'm not even talking mm -hmm. in the immediate future. Um, so getting certified in a specialty area really sets you apart for private practice. Um, I know so many people have been successful in their private practices, but I think there's really a lot to be said for someone that specializes in a certain area because people will seek you out. Mm -hmm. So that's a big reason that I started the process personally. Um, I also was super lucky in the fact that I, um, when I traveled or when I moved from Ohio to Virginia, my mentor and also Rachel's mentor, Dr. Mm -hmm. Gobble, he was also moving at the same time. So he, would uh, refer all of his client, all of his Ohio clients to me because I cut my Ohio license. So I really built up a caseload of people who stutter, honestly, mostly in Ohio, like at this point. So I see all, I see all people who stutter um, in my private practice and it's mostly Ohio. I have, I think two Virginians, but like it's again, mostly referrals I get from him or from the university of Toledo, which is who he was referred to mm -hmm. or referred with or associated with it. <laughs> um, <laughs> whatever. So I, 
because I've had people ask me like, how in the heck do you get these hours mm-hmm. being more of a younger SLP? Like I haven't been, I've been in the field for less than 10 years, what, seven or eight or something mm-hmm. I don't know. So it's crazy. Yeah. Right. Which sounds like a lot to how? me, but, yeah. I, right. but I know in the grand scheme of things, it's not, and you have to get um, it's 450 hours of clinical work with people who stutter. So that's a lot of hours. Yeah. Um, How do you have to track that? Just side just note. by yourself. Like I oh, just, okay. I had a, yes. Wow. <laughs> I had a Google doc. And so luckily, luckily I started thinking about this three years ago. So I went back, I only had to go back in time two years and like track all of my clients. And it was still when I was with my peds or my uh, mercy job, when I worked mm-hmm. in Ohio, because if I had started tracking now, I wouldn't know what clients I had seen. Yeah, in my job. I wouldn't have been Ooh. able to. So I started tracking at a really good time. Um, and yeah, then I just kept a spreadsheet. Like, so along with private practice, it's easy because as you're billing, you also keep your hours. So it was really mm-hmm. easy to keep it once I started, but it did take some time to go back. Um, and then you have, what is it like a hundred and twenty or something or a hundred hours of CEU courses, but it's oh, only, yeah. only 60 are in, or oh God, no, I'm forgetting 60 to 75 ish. I forget how many, only some of them are fluency related. And then the rest can be things that can apply towards fluency. So like your ethics courses, your multicultural practices courses. Your, oh, okay. That's like, nice. Yeah. So it really, that piece didn't take that long either. Um, I also, jumped at any opportunity to have like free courses. Um, I think any specialty field too has some way to get free courses or like cheap courses. So Mm -hmm. like for fluency, the stuttering foundation has a $5 course every month. So I signed up for that. So like each month I got $5, I got a course. And sometimes those courses were like, three hours long, which was cool. It's like a special. Yeah. (laughs) So I mean, it, it's a lot, but it's definitely doable. Um, so a couple of weeks ago, I got my candidacy approved, which is awesome. So I completed all of like the back end work. Um, but my candidacy is just my candidacy and I still have, um, I have a lot to do. So essentially you're, you're doing like a thesis slash like research project sort of. So I pick, and I still have to dive into it. I a hundred percent don't know totally what I'm doing still, to be honest, but (laughs) I know that I have to have three cases that I basically have like to not present on, but have like a um, case file on. So I have to like write about them, a narrative. I have to have video evidence of that case. Um, and I have to compile all of this data and like do all these things for it. So they give you three years to do that. So you're a candidate for three years or less, depending on, on how long it takes you. Um, and you do that and you turn it in and then hopefully they accept you and then you're board certified. So, <laughs> um, and then I'll, I'll have a mentor in the process too, who I, may, may or may not know who it is yet, but I don't know. I don't know hundred percent who it is yet. So I'm not going to say so. Okay. Um, I was going to ask if you got to pick. Yeah. So they, they allow you, you to reach out to someone. Um, and it's hard, right? Because there's not honestly that many people that are board certified and the people that are board certified are like famous and I'm too nervous <laughs> to talk to them. <laughs> so like, I, I, I had I don't know. I, I 
talk to a couple people. We'll see. So we'll, I love that. <laughs> we'll talk to you about that separately, Rachel. But, <laughs> but I know for sure I'll tell you guys. But yeah, yeah we're gonna need mentor. updates throughout this yeah, process for sure. Yeah. So the mentor just like helps you with it, and um, cool. it's great because then you are more into that community of people who are board certified and doing this. I mean, most of the people that are board certified are only seeing people who stutter and are really um, into the research aspect of it too, which I don't know if I would ever be. And I always said I would never do research, but it's really interesting. We're thinking about it. No, no. And it's not so much. I'm thinking like, I don't want to get my PhD. I don't think, but I do think in a field like stuttering, it's really important. And because I'm seeing so many people who stutter, I think it's really important to like track what I'm doing, mm-hmm. I'm trying to figure out like what my role in that will be. And maybe it is just being board certified. I don't know. Yeah. But I do think it's important because of how little is known still in our field about stuttering to like do things, like talk about what I'm doing and if it's working and what's not yeah, working yeah. and stuff like that. So, um, by the way, I just did a quick fact check for those like hours and stuff yeah. throughout. You're right on, right on the money. Perfect. Good. I love it. <laughs> Good. Um, I do think that's, um, I guess just like really impressive that you have to do that amount of hours in both therapy and CEUs just to apply. Right. Right. Just to apply. Which is how it should be. Oh, it's yeah. just like when you hear those numbers, you're like, it's wow. scary. Yeah. And I think that's why, like, I'm here to tell you guys, cause I know the board itself is like pushing for more people to apply. And I'm sure that the language board and the swallowing mm-hmm. board are the same and really any specialty area, like people want people to be specialized because then that gives more knowledge to those specific areas instead of generalists going in and having a really hard time maneuvering all these things and trying to get all these things to work. So, um, you know, it doesn't, I think if you really commit to it and you view it as like a three to five year plan, it's not as heavy of a load as like, oh my gosh, I have to get 450 hours. I have to work, be this workhorse for like six months straight. Like, right, oh, right. You just have to know that it's not going to take only a couple months. Like it's yeah. going to take over a year and you just have to be okay with that. Um, and it's, you know, one day, one week, one month at a time, and you're just patient yeah. with it. And, and you're that. also doing it. You're also doing it because you want to help those in that, mm-hmm. you know, and because you love it and because it's something that you feel really passionate about. So I think like, also, if you don't feel passionate about it and you're just looking for like, oh, I think I have to be specialized. I wouldn't do it then either, because unless you're passionate about it, that's not going to be fun for you or for the work that you're doing and the work that you're putting in. So love it. You know, yeah, that's all. I'm excited. <laughs> I'm excited to hear, you know, like the progression of however long it takes you in the next three years I to know. do that. And- I know. I'm really curious to see how long it'll actually take when it said three years. I, I wasn't expecting that in my, um, in my acceptance letter or whatever. I was like another three years. <laughs> Well, yeah, I guess that's a good question I have for you. It's like, do you have, and you don't have to share it, but in your head, do you have like a, I would like to have the application submitted by X date? Yeah. In my, in my head, it's a year, but I don't know if that's doable. We love that. That sounds very doable. I say, as I'm not doing it. Right. I mean, because we know like life happens and who knows like where I'll be in a year and I think that's why they give you three because they know life happens also. And like, it's a lot of that. So I don't know. We'll see. And I feel like I'm, 
you and me both, Rachel, we always were yes girls, right? We yes. Do, oh. We do everything. What a yes girl. I've always worked right on there. projects. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm always doing things. So um, true. Speaking so, of that, yeah. also related to fluency and projects and yes girl and I can do it. Tell us about this next awesome opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So the last plug I'll put in guys, and this kind of, this goes into, you know, developing yourself as a specialist clinician, I guess, um, is some courses that were released a couple months ago through MedBridge that I did just on cluttering. So there's three courses. There's the definition of cluttering or defining cluttering, the evaluation and then treatment. So three total courses that I recorded with MedBridge, which was so cool, by the way. Yeah, Claire's like, massively underselling no. this. She's like only three on <laughs> cluttering, which show of hands, how many SLPs are super right. familiar with cluttering? Well, no I wasn't either though. Here's So this is kind of a crazy story because here's how it happened. Like it happened because I was looking for information on cluttering and I was I had two of my clients, one that I had had for a while that I, in the back of my mind was like, I know he's cluttering, but I just don't know what to do about it. And Mm -hmm. then one new case where I was like, oh my gosh, this is not stuttering for sure. Mm -hmm. It's gotta be cluttering. And so I was trying to like figure it out. And MedBridge had partnered with us, the podcast for a couple of things. And so I had a contact. And so I emailed him, um, whoever it was, I don't remember his name, but I emailed him and was like, Hey, do you guys have anything on cluttering? Like, this is something that I feel like you should, because if you searched it, if you searched Mm -hmm. in the MedBridge thing, there was nothing. Let me guess. It was like zero. Zero zero to zero. (laughs) And so he was like, oh, let me pass you off to so-and-so and and so-and they passed me off to like two more people. And whoever they passed me off to last was like, you know what? We actually don't. Would you like to make it for us? And I was like, hmm, maybe, I don't know. (laughs) Sure. And so it was a lot of work, you guys. Like it wasn't just, it, it was a, a passion project for sure, because it was a yes. lot. And again, why I feel like I'm starting to get into the research world, because I've done this, especially like it forced me to do a lot of research, to do a lot of fact checks, to like sift through things that like weren't necessarily reliable sources or like didn't have great information versus things that did. Um, and there's not a ton out there on cluttering is the hard part too. Like I really leaned on some very specific, um, books and, um, articles and research projects from like a very small pool of people. So Mm. there's really not that much out there. You guys should listen though, to our cluttering podcast because that, and we have a resource on it. So that'll give you all the resources on cluttering if you want to know, but that can be found on MedBridge if you guys want to watch it. Yes. Which you should watch it. You should watch it if you have MedBridge. It's fun. (laughs) Well, I'll just, I'll just say this really quick because it was really funny. Rachel, when I went to the, um, arts, uh, the avoidance reduction oh, yeah, yeah. training in April, which we might have a episode on the summary. Yes. That was really cool too. But when I went there, a girl came up to me. It was like, no, yes, no, don't say yes. it. I already know what you're going to say. Literally, I like beat red. I was like, you, you did like, she was like, I, I watched you on MedBridge. I loved your courses. <laughs> Like, oh my God, that's so weird. It was so weird, but also like very cool because that's never happened before. So that was okay. Cool. I have a very less cool version of that. Yes, and too. that is um an intern that I took maybe last year mm-hmm. was talking to her friends about her supervisor, aka me. And you know, like whatever. 
our, her work and our yeah. work and they're like I think I listened to her podcast yeah I was like this is I made it this is yes it. <laughs> I love it people that don't know me are talking yeah, about yeah. it I love yeah. it well it's true you guys like this podcast has been a part of our lives now for over three years and it's yeah. so insane that we're still doing it first of all and also that you guys are still listening so we really appreciate it yeah and just to keep you listening we're gonna toss this like very tiny carrot out there is that related to I'm just gonna say fluency as a whole we have a very exciting guest that if you're in the fluency world you have heard his name um coming on the podcast in like a couple weeks end of the month um, so we're just going to tease that for now, but you'll Stay be very tuned. excited. Yeah. Well, It'll that's be good. a good way to end it on a yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> if you guys have any other questions about specialty stuff or any of the work that Rachel and I are doing, um, let us know. And we appreciate you guys listening. Bye guys. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. You can find me, Rachel, on Instagram at supersweetspeech or on my website, speechissupersweet.com. And you can find me, Claire, on Instagram at kindly underscore speech or on Facebook on kindly speech. And then you can email Rachel and I, if you have any questions or concerns, we are let's talk about speech podcast at gmail.com. Thanks.